Welcome to Watershed's July podcast. My name's Mark Cosgrove and I'm the cinema curator here at Watershed. And I'm Tara Judah and I'm the cinema producer here at Watershed. And this month we're going to have a look at some of the films that are coming up in July that we are particularly excited by and hope that you'll be excited by too. And I shall start with First Reformed, which is Paul Schrader's new feature film. Um, I went in with a slight anticipation around this film because Paul Schrader, as we know, is one of the great figures coming out of new American cinema of the 1970s. Um, he's so identified with uh, Martin Scorsese and Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and those kind of pinnacles of um, a new cinema that was coming out of uh, America and New York at that particular time. Um, but in recent years, he's been more associated with a kind of more pulpy um, uh, style with Laurel Canyons and... The Canyons and Dying of the Light, which was... The, the canyon. sorry, yeah, The Canyons and Dying of the Light and uh, Dog Eat Dog. Oh, yeah, uh, which, I, which I I'm sure about that I'm one. sure you might be a fan <laughs> of, but the, the, there was a sense for me of a director who there was a kind of earnestness, seriousness about um, Schrader's work in the, the, the early days, which Scorsese kind of transformed into his uh, cinematic vision. But, you know, that, that, that came informed, Schrader's vision came informed by his love of Robert Bresson, of Ozu, of um, Bergman. And Schrader was a, a great student of film uh, and wrote a book called Transcendental Style where he explored what those uh, filmmakers were doing. Um, and some of that has appeared in Schrader's film, so a film like Light Sleeper, and it is in First Reformed in spades. Um, it, it's so fantastic to see um, those influences that Schrader talks about coming so distilled um, into First Reform. So, sort of visually, um, it, it, it is very pared down. It's the story of a, a priest, so we're back with religion. It's the story of a priest who, backstory, his son has died in Iraq and he's dealing, he wanted his son to join the army and you know, he's obviously dealing with this torment in his own, his own mind. He's in a small Baptist church in a kind of backwater in upstate New York. Um, and he, he meets two of his parishioners who are a young couple. One is an eco-activist, the guy, and the wife, his wife is worried about his mental health um, and she's pregnant with the new baby. Her name is Mary, of course. And it's that sort of um, meeting with that couple that, that leads the priest played by Ethan Hawke on this soul-searching journey. And of course, he keeps a diary. Um, the diary of a country priest has become the diary of a, a, of a contemporary backwater priest in upstate New York. Uh, but it's that investigation of the journey, spiritual, existential, but very much dealing with um, issues that are affecting us at the moment about global warming. So he manages to weave together all these incredible themes in this really, it's, it's such a, I thought it was such a, such a wonderful film and really great, as I say, to see Schrader back on top form. I'm pleased to hear that because Dying of the Light was not a success for me and I, I'd even forgotten about um, a couple of the other recent missteps, but I really loved his early stuff, especially Blue Collar, yeah. which um, I think is a fantastic and not 
quite so well-known film, surprisingly, for how good it is. So um, I'm really looking forward to seeing him back on form. There are, there are some really interesting interviews coming out with Schrader at the moment because the film's just opened in the States. Um, it's, it's a great acclaim, and, and as I say, it's really pleasing to see somebody of Schrader's talent um, sort of being re-recognised. Uh, and there's some fantastic interviews with him because he, the, he really does um, hold forth when it comes to, you, you know, talking about both the craft of film and also just about the sort of state of the world at the moment. But I, I would point people towards a, a great interview with Schrader um, by Nicolas Cage um, in Interview Magazine. It is a great interview. In, in interview yeah, it's, it's really fantastic and worth, worth, um, well worth reading in, in preparation for um, First Reformed. Exploring sort of questions of belief, faith, etc. Uh, we're also showing Apostasy, um, which is a new British film coming up by a first-time director. And it's set in the Jehovah's Witness uh, community in just outside Manchester in Oldham. And I, I, th the, I found out that the director himself um, had come from that background and, you know, since left the Jehovah's Witnesses. But he's clearly had that similar sort of journey whereby he's been brought up in that right. sort of closed, kind of closed community. Um, he's gone on to get involved in film, um, little similarities there with Schrader. And he's really presented a, not a... Uh, heavy critique, but a kind of balanced, but uh, a close understanding of, of the community, but kind of opening up the tensions that operate within that. And it's about um, a mother with two teenage daughters. That are, she's The mother's very much part of the Jehovah's Witness community. The teenage daughters, particularly the older one, is the one that's causing the problem because she's um, gone out and got pregnant and she's been castigated and sent out of the Jehovah's Witness community, and then there's the younger uh, daughter sister, who's who's you know, do I go with the, the the religious community or do I go with my sister? You know, where does the mother go? And and so it opens up really interesting about the family, um, religion, the community, and as a British debut film, I thought it's certainly one of the the strongest um, debut features that I've seen, and great to see. A kind of new British cinema, as it were, that's that's coming out of the north, coming out of area yeah. like Manchester, which which is not bracketed within that sort of you know gritty social realism. And of a topic that you would kind of expect actually to be more of an American mm. um, sort of impetus for, for for storytelling. It's I think it's surprising that this story is coming out of the UK, but really fascinating. Well, because yeah, when you think about it, that religion isn't really sort of dealt with in the film world. I'm, not, I'm trying to think in, in a way that's sort of explored in other, like American cinema. No, British cinema doesn't tend to focus uh, on it. I mean, you know, it doesn't tend to be the kind of like forefront. It yeah. might be. Kind well, of the, one, in the, the one that comes to mind is Quiet Man, but of course that's Irish, uh, <laughs> made by made by an American. Um, but I'm sure some. I'm sure people listening will uh, be furiously emailing, hopefully to, to alert us. <laughs> hey, I'm not saying there's none. I'm just saying it's not the kind of most forefront issue that yeah. you tend to think of as a preoccupation for British cinema. So it's um, great to see that there will be a focus on that. I think one of the things I'm most excited about this month is a film that I saw last year during LFF, which was among the best films I saw last year and will probably remain uh, one of the best films I have ever seen, I expect, for the history of my life going forward. <laughs> it is as remarkable as the hyperbole I'm spouting right now. It actually is. Um, and this is the new Frederick Wiseman documentary, Ex Libris, The New York Public Library, which 
at this moment in time, and I mean, I think this was true when it came out at the end of last year at LFF, and I think it's true still months later and will be resonant for years to come in the kind of climate that we're sort of navigating at the moment. And I think that's socially, politically, um, domestically, but also internationally, is that this film is about all of the problems facing humanity right now um, and all of the problems that have kind of built that up. And it's centered around US issues, certainly, because it is about the library system in New York and how that kind of generates throughout the boroughs. But it also very much, and, and Wiseman's got a real talent for this, of knowing when to micro and macro tell a story. Um, so he is telling absolutely the story of the public-private funding battles and the kind of advances in technology, the access to the collection, what libraries do, what role they play in communities. But he's also telling the history of uh, race relations and slavery in America, the, the, the journey that has led to the current political climate, um, the way in which that impacts on the society at hand. And so it's a mastery in storytelling, absolutely genius work of being able to kind of tell those historical and social stories within a contemporary fabric. It is also an absolutely brilliant masterclass in how to look. Um, Wiseman has this incredible incredible eye and a, and a really amazing way of kind of making us think about how we look at things for how long and from what perspective and that's all about where he places his camera in the room um, how long it's there for and, and, and what it focuses on. Because whilst you mention all those large and kind of substantial topics it's not that the film is uh, Wiseman's style is not to bombard you Not it's, at all. It, it, it Precisely the opposite. Yeah. It's, it, it's, obser it's observational, non-commentary documentary, which where these you you get absorbed into the New York Public Library and what Frederick Wiseman's shown you. But it, those issues start emerging and evolving. It's not that he's telling you, you know, it's it's It's, it's, it's what he's showing you. Yeah. I mean, it is absolutely pared back, since, uh, you know, in terms of, filmmaking it's extremely paired back all of his films are his great documentaries at Berkeley La Dance about the Paris Opera Ballet Crazy Horse Jackson Heights um, you know number of films that he's made over an incredible I think almost 40 year career of filmmaking oh, he's, in his, he's in his 90s now isn't he, he is yeah. he's quite you know and but the but what it does is that it it does open up all of those issues and all of those thoughts and it talks about, I mean, you know, the place of not just, li I mean, it is about a library, but I think also any of those beacons in our society that are places for communities to, to really come together and that provide access and, a, you know, a kind of like enabling of things in society and as of which, you know, working in a cinema, obviously I think a cinema is also one of those institutions. So it has an extra kind of special resonance, I think, for me. But this film is just beautiful and heartbreaking. I mean, I, I've never been so absorbed, I don't think, um, in any issue in a documentary as I was with this film. Um, and I, I say that having really, in, I think at Berkeley is a, also an excellent film, but I think this one for me is even better um, and just broke my heart into a million pieces. I mean, I, you know, I cried multiple times watching this movie, but still came out of it feeling a real sense of um, strength and empowerment. And I think that that is just absolutely speaks to his deft hand at being able to know what to capture. Um, and, you know, there, there's so, so many fantastic moments in this film, including Patti Smith giving a talk at the library. You know, just brilliant stuff that you just wouldn't get access to. And if you don't live in New York and you don't kind of know what the library offers, 
I can tell you now, it's a lot more than you think. Um, I'm going to get a book out. <laughs> <laughs> way more than just getting a book out. And I mean, you know, I think that that's the other thing we have to kind of meditate on is what is the role of a library and what do public institutions do? Well, it's fascinating to me how filmmaking can be at once so slow and yet so dynamic and motivating because it, it, the pace moves quickly and yet it is completely slow cinema. And this is a one day only, isn't it? It's it's yeah, so it's been done the Sunday, the fifteenth of 15th July, July, special event, you know, across the UK. So that is the time to go see it and to remind yourself of why we should all be uh, populating our public institutions and libraries, especially. Mm -hmm. I I mentioned apostasy in new new British cinema. There's another film this month, uh, Pincushion, um, by Deborah Haywood, which uh, again shows for me shows signs that shoots of really interesting uh, creativity and new voices coming through in British cinema. And it's a very, again, set, 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 in, the, set in the north of England, a very different from a, what we think about in terms of British cinema. It's quite surreal in some ways and quite quirky and idiosyncratic, but certainly a distinctive new voice that's come through. I mean, this film really surprised me, actually. I saw this uh, Rotterdam Film Festival, um, and I think there is a certain expectation that people put in their minds, even those of us who work in cinema can't help but have it, of a you know first-time feature, new British film. It's going to be a certain type of cinema, and it absolutely isn't. This film is really different. Um, it has a kind of naturalistic lens, so I think it does have that kind of naturalism that we've come to expect from a lot of quality British filmmaking. But at the same time, like you say, it's got a sort of surrealist storyline. And the storyline, I really think it takes you on a journey that you don't expect to be taken on. So it's about a young girl um, and her mother and this mother-daughter relationship that's quite fraught. Um, they're, you know, they're not wealthy, they have a really intense relationship and the young girl goes to a new school, starts to get in with the cool crowd, then it's all about the bullying that takes place um, and there's sort of echoes of that within the relationship that the mother also has in terms of her social standing in the wider community. So it says something about the kind of way in which bullying is not just something that happens in schoolyards, um, but also there's something really fraught in terms of uh, what those, what then ask questions about what kind of role models young women have, what happens um, when they leave this sort of soft and cushioned domestic space and that's really told through the kind of objects in the film this sort of and the the, the title obviously pin cushion what happens when you kind of leave that cushioned space of the home you go get, out into get, the wider get, world the <laughs> well quite and I mean you know I I think that this film you know it is is really hard-hitting and it's interesting because um, I read an interview with the director where she talked about her influences being Carrie um, and also Jane oh, the, Campion sweetie right. so I mean, you do get the sense it's not just a nice, fluffy story. There is there is a lot of bite but there. But there's a darkness. It's, it's got a real darkness. To it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is this is a, a kind of fascinating film and one that I I'm, I really think will be surprising to people. It's not as light um, and candy-coloured as it looks at, at mm. first glance, because that's the other thing. It's got this incredibly luscious mise-en-scene of like very pink, fluffy yeah. colours, well, lots of quirkiness. You yeah. think, oh, is it quirky for quirkiness' sake? But actually, no. It's it's got a very um, powerful. It's got a strong punch to it. Um, it delivers. And with both those films, actually, those new British films, Pincushion and Apostasy, uh, I'm delighted to say that the directors will be at Watershed talking about it, so it's a great opportunity to uh, meet these new directors and 
um, talk about the work. So that's just four films that's coming up in July that we are very excited about. Um, there is much more, and some of that more is we're partnering with Pride on Queer Vision, uh, which is a selection of features, shorts, and delighted to say a preview of The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which I believe you've seen, Tara. I'm so excited about The Miseducation of Cameron Post. This is the new film from Desiree Akavan, who made a first feature in 2014 called Appropriate Behaviour, which was based on her thesis paper that she wrote at New York University. She's an Iranian-American filmmaker, and this film, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, is just a delight. It stars Chloe Grace Moretz and Sasha Lane, who you might remember from American Honey. Um, and the, the two of them are characters that are sent to basically a Christian de-gayifying camp. This is where you kind of get sent when it's... I like the idea of a de-gayifying <laughs> camp. I mean, I don't think that's the technical terminology for it, but this is the idea of the film. And I use that just because it's such a ludicrous sentiment yeah. that you could send, you know, teenagers to a kind of camp off in the middle of nowhere where they, they would be deprogrammed and de-gayed. Um, so basically, uh, th these two girls and another young man form a friendship, they go off hiking where they basically go and smoke pot most of the time, kind of get to know each other and, and, and sort of... Basically, this film is, I think, best described the way that Desiree Akavan talked about it in that when she introduced it at the Sundance Film Festival where it premiered, that there were when she was growing up, there were no queer John Hughes films. So this is sort of like a queer answer to that kind of coming-of-age teen film um, that is not... It's not paying lip service to the issues, um, but it, it still has a kind of lightness and warmth to it that is really heartwarming. And as I say, it's a preview and a good six, seven weeks in advance because it opens at the end of August. So fantastic opportunity to see it well in advance as part of Queer Vision. Also this month, we are having Bruce Lee back on the big screen. It in is a fantastic the, film. It, Enter the Dragon, uh, which is one of the great action films, uh, kung fu films, and Bruce Lee, one of the towering figures of that 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 cinema, and such a an icon, such a cult figure. It's a 45th anniversary, so we're quite happy with doing, uh, um, not waiting for one of the big 50s or 100s. This is 45th, and we're getting Bruce Lee um, back up on screen, and, and it's Tai Singh from the. Bristol Bad Film Club. Bristol Bad Film Club, who's going to be doing an introduction to that. Yeah, he is, and it's also around about the time of the launch of his new book, Born to be Bad, Talking to the Greatest Villains in Action Cinema. Um, full disclosure, I edited the book, so I have a vested interest in people reading it, but it's fantastic. Um, and he actually talks to one of the, the key villains from... Enter the Dragon, Bob Wall, who plays O'Hara in the film. So I think you're going to have great insights in the intro to this film, things you definitely won't know. Uh, and, yeah, a fantastic opportunity to revisit a classic martial arts piece of fantastic cinema. And, and trust us, Ty knows what he's talking about. He, he, is, he has interviewed, he's got people involved in different parts of... You know, productions of various films that will be mentioned in the book. So it will be, as you say, a great insight um, from somebody who knows a lot of the stories behind the film. Plus, though, a brilliant opportunity to see Enter the Dragon back up on the cinema screen. And this is something that we care passionately about um, to such an extent that we've 
set up a festival dedicated to, to doing that, Cinema Rediscovered, which is happening at the end of July. It's its third edition. We are both very excited about it. It's a real opportunity to see great films back up on the cinema screen. There's so much discussion and you know about online movie platforms, seeing stuff streaming. Great and great that people can get the opportunity to do that and see 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 work that they might not have. But seeing films back in the in, in the cinema screen with an audience is something very unique and very specific and something that we, as I say, care passionately about here at here at Watershed. Um, and inspired by Il Cinema Ritrovato in Bologna, which is the kind of high church, to bring Schrader <laughs> back into it, the, the high church of, of, um, of cinema, then we've got a really great programme uh, for you. Just what, what are some of your highlights, Tara? I mean, saying that I'm excited about this festival is like the understatement of the century. I pretty much couldn't be more ready to jump out of my skin and get into the cinema to watch these films again on the big screen. It's so thrilling um but i think one of the things i'm most most looking forward to is leslie harris's just another girl on the irt we're lucky enough to have leslie traveling all the way from new york over to the uk to present the film she'll be present for a q a the film will be shown on 35 mil which is always a joy for me to be able to see the living beast mm. <laughs> projected mm. on a screen. Um, that's probably the thing I'm most thrilled about. But there is so much in the programme that just, I can't wait to see. Just a reminder that, that if people don't know, Leslie Harris, African-American filmmaker, female African-American filmmaker, who won at Sundance for Just Another Girl in the IRT 25 years ago, and who at that um, festival said, you know, about access and diversity and, and, and exactly the same stuff that Ava DuVernay is saying at the moment, not to take away from Ava DuVernay at all, but what you realise is the huge gulf and the fact that, you know, and of course great that Cinema Rediscovered um, can, can draw attention to it, that there are these films and there's these filmmakers that have been, you know, they've been out there making the work. And so good to reflect on that whilst also thinking about what that means um, for today. So, yeah, very excited about Leslie Harris coming to Bristol. And we have another huge announcement, which is uh, just in. Yes, we do. <laughs> hot, hot off the press. Um, it's, I, I spend my trips into Watershed to work and back home walking past Museum Square, uh, which is between M Shed and, and Olive Shed, just by the, the, the new development down there. Uh, and thinking, oh, it'd be great to put a cinema screen here. And yes, we, we are. So for two nights, um, we're going to have an outdoor screening. It'll be free. And we are screening Flash Gordon and A and other to be, to be announced. But that, that'll be outdoors. Um, and so we're, we're working hard to match Bologna's Piazza Maggiore. And I think we might just have found it in Museum Square. Yeah, that's just amazing. Cannot wait to see a film on the big screen out in the open. So that's all for July podcast. There is plenty to get immersed and absorbed in in the cinema. All details are on watershed.co.uk.